Did you know that God placed big magnets in the sky? <laughs> That's right, they're all over our solar system and they're pointing us back to the biblical record. Find out how they do that on Wonders Without Number. Welcome to Wonders Without Number. I'm David Reeves, and today we want to inform and inspire you regarding the wonders we find all around us. An infinite number of wonders that point us directly to our Creator, the God of the Bible. Now, you're no accident. I want you to know that you are special, that you were created in God's own image, that Jesus Christ was and is that Creator, and that He has a plan for your life. Today, some people have come up with cosmologies, attempting to explain how the universe was formed but some of them are unbelievably absurd. You know, creation and scientists also have theories. We can form hypotheses and we can test those. Using research based on scriptural understanding, could we predict what future space probes might find? Well, today we have with us Dr. Russ Humphreys, who will look at magnetic fields throughout our solar system. They're pointing to a young universe, purposefully made, not billions of years of chance. Dr. Humphreys received his Bachelor of Science degree in Physics at Duke University and his PhD from LSU. While working on his dissertation there, he committed his life to Christ and based on biblical and scientific evidence, concluded that the creation account we read in the Bible is not only true, but scientifically accurate. Now he's received numerous awards for excellence in the field of nuclear physics and at General Electric's High Voltage Laboratory, he served as a research scientist. Dr. Humphreys also serves on the board of the Creation Research Society. So join with me now as we meet my friend, Dr. Russell Humphreys. Welcome to the program. Oh, glad to be here again. It is great to have you here and we appreciate your research so much. Now, you're based out of the Chattanooga area, is that right? Right. And you were able to drive up this morning to be with us and um, such a blessing to have you here because I love your research on cosmology number one because that's one of my passions but also the predictive power which I think is so special. Can you just share a, a short story? Uh, give us a brief summary of what we're going to learn today and how you came about this research. Well I was working for General Electric uh, and looking at large power transformers being assembled okay. uh, on my lunch break and I was pondering uh, scripture in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, where in the New American Standard Version it says, He formed the earth out of water and by means of water. And that gave me an idea on how he may have started up the earth's magnetic field. Hmm. Uh, a few years later I published a theory and I applied the same theory to all the planets and the sun and the moon, big bodies in the solar system, and it explained their past and present fields also. So um, I've, I've been having a lot of fun with this because our space probes had not visited all parts of the solar system. And uh, so I was able to predict the strength of the magnetic fields that the uh, space probes should find when they visited, for example, the planet uh, Uranus and the planet Neptune. Uh, and uh, the predictions came out accurately. So there are about five or six 
basic features of the magnetic fields in the solar system that I was able to predict before they were found. They've all been found now. <laughs> so that's the measure of a good theory. If it goes out on a limb, makes predictions, and those predictions then come true, um, that's an indication that the basic assumptions of this theory are true. And uh, the basic assumption uh, in this theory was uh, that the biblical account of creation and the time scale of 6,000 years is accurate. That so is incredible. It's been fun. That is incredible. Okay, well, I cannot wait to dive into some of the research, and I'm going to turn it over to you, and, and let's just see how far we can get today. Okay, well, God has big magnets in the sky. Mm -hmm. uh, now, as I was implying a little while ago, God did something surprising. I think he used water to make the magnetic fields in the cosmos. Hmm. Now, the magnetic field is what makes your compass needle turn north. Yeah. It has nothing to do with gravity, uh, but it has everything to do with little magnets and wow. uh, compasses, etc. Okay. So, this theory uh, explains the magnetic fields of planets, uh -huh. stars like our own sun, Okay. And uh, why does it work? It's because the hydrogen nuclei, mm -hmm. you've heard of H2O, the yes. H is the hydrogen. Okay. And here's a hydrogen, uh, I'm sorry, a water molecule with oxygen, hydrogen, hydrogen. hydrogen. And at the center of each of these atoms is a nucleus. Okay. You have an oxygen nucleus, you have mm -hmm. a little spinning proton. It's a little spinning ball of electric charge. The basic element, yes. yes. And uh, most people don't know this, but uh, uh, the spinning protons have tiny little magnetic fields. Really? If you're spinning an electric charge, you make a magnetic field, and physicists know exactly how much field each proton makes. Huh. But uh, the nice thing about hydrogen nuclei or, uh, in the water molecule is that these can spin around fairly easy. Can, they're like, think of them as being on spinning uh, gyroscopes on gimbals or oh, something. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, they can point in different directions. Okay. So, so the water molecule is slightly magnetic. Because of these hydrogens. Because of these hydrogens. Okay. And uh, if you line up all of the nuclei, the field depends on the hydrogen nuclei direction. So normally, you don't think of water as being a magnetic substance. But if God, uh, when he created the initial water uh, with which he, it looks like he made everything, mm -hmm. you know, darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving on the face of the waters. waters. Uh, uh, if he, when he made that water, created it, uh, if he made those nuclei of hydrogen all spinning in the same direction, then uh, you'll get a, a fairly substantial magnetic field. So. My suggestion, my theory says that God formed Earth from creative water. That's based on 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. Uh, the Earth was formed out of water and by water. So by water, water. water was very important mm. in the initial creation. Okay. And here I'm showing all the little hydrogen nuclei all pointing in the same direction. Which is creating a unified magnetic field. Yes, okay. a big magnetic field, a globally sized okay. magnetic field. And so if all the hydrogen nuclei were lined up, then that will make a large magnetic field, 7.9 Gauss. You can, okay. I can put more 
numbers after the decimal place if you want. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, th that is a substantial field. Now, right now, the Earth's magnetic field is where we are is about half a gauss. Okay. So this is roughly 16 times more field uh, at the poles of the Earth than we have to, uh, at the equator. Okay. Uh, or let's, let's put it another way. It's eight times more field than we have at the poles, uh, almost. Anyhow. Now, does this have to do with the decay rate of magnetic fields? Yes, or, okay. yes, because when he created the field, that's not the field we have today. Something's <laughs> happened to that field. Okay, so. time has passed and other things have happened. Yes. Okay. You're listening to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. The message presented today was filmed in studio at David Reeves Ministries' Wonders of Creation Center and is available in video format with powerful accompanying visuals. Subscribe to our Genesis Plus package online to get instant access to the video format of this message and hundreds of others right on your computer or mobile device. If you are encouraged by this message and would like to be a part of sharing this information with millions across the globe, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 931-212-7990 or write us at David Reeves Ministries, Post Office Box 2824, Lewisburg, Tennessee, 37091. Visit our website, davidreeves.com, today. That's davidreeves.com. And now, back to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. Now, the first thing that would happen is all those molecules would collide with each other, and uh, it would disorient the nuclear spins, okay. the proton spins. And that would start an electric current in the water, just the ordinary... Uh, laws of electricity and magnetism uh, say that within seconds you'd get an electric current going around within oh. that water mm -hmm. and the water would be fairly hot under high pressure at the interior so it's a good conductor there mm -hmm. and uh, this current would be about 250 billion amperes. Wow. Right now you'll see that it's 6 billion amperes. So this would preserve the magnetic field uh, for the first few seconds. Okay. Then something else happens. Uh, God transformed on the third day of creation. He said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together and let, let the, the dry land appear. Let the dry land appear. And so he made the earth. He made, somehow he took what was there, uh, which was mostly water and uh, made it into the solid material of which uh, we now exist. Okay. That that's actually a miraculous thing. Uh, so, uh, but it would preserve that magnetic field according to the laws of electricity and magnetism. Hmm. So we'd get that same current circulating in a smaller region within the Earth's core. Okay. So the total field would stay about the same, but the current would then begin running down like a flywheel runs down. Oh. Because in the core of the Earth, it's not a perfect conductor. It has electrical resistance like all materials except superconductors. Okay. And we know it's not a superconductor because it's not uh, very cold in the core. It's actually very hot. Uh-huh. 
So uh, that will wear down the electric current just like friction slows down a flywheel, okay. a spinning flywheel. So here's a graph. Some of you are afraid of graphs, but this one is <laughs> fairly straightforward. This is electric current in billions of amperes here. Okay. And this is time and years from creation to now 6,000 years later. Okay. And this is what the laws of electricity and magnetism for the resistance that we know uh, is in the core mm -hmm. uh, would predict. Uh, 250 billion amperes to begin with, uh, decay half-life of uh, 1,100 years. That's Every 1,100 years, you have half as much magnetic field or electric current as before. Okay. So there's about six of those 11,000-year periods, mm -hmm. uh, and you would have the 250 billion amperes becoming six the six billion, billion amperes, amperes, which we know from our measurements is roughly the current and the magnetic that makes the Earth's magnetic field in the core right now. Okay, so we've got Earth has a magnetic field surrounding it. That magnetic field is produced running down, current, is yeah. produced by the current, but it is running down at a measurable rate. That's right. And if you measure the half-life of the decay of the magnetic field, then we can determine what it would have looked like over time. And you yes. start out with this calculation, yes. you end up precisely with what we have today we're not stuck with theory. The Earth's magnetic field is, we've measured it, fading fast. Hmm. So this is uh, historical measurements from the year 1900 to All the year 2010. Okay. And uh, this is a fancy word which means the strength of the source of the magnetic field. Okay. And uh, you don't need to worry about the units and numbers too much. But uh, the what points. they measure is something that follows that red straight line. That red straight line yeah would be the theoretical uh, decay of decay. the field, and the, the black points are actual data points. Yeah, that's actual exactly Actual measured right. data points. That's right. And as you see, it, of course, there's a tiny bit of variation, but it follows yes. this line. And uh, I think that I know how, how, what made that little wiggle. Okay. You know, but the overall average follows that red line yeah. nicely. All right, so this is something we can test yeah. and observe. Yeah. Okay. And that gives a half-life for the decay of the Earth's field of 1,100 years. Okay. So, all right. So, on the basis of this theory about how God started up the field, mm -hmm. uh, I made some predictions in print uh, in 1984. In the, the creation of planetary magnetic fields uh, in the Creation Research Society Quarterly of December 1984, and you can find this at okay. the, the creationresearch.org. Uh -huh. So, uh, the prediction back in 84 was that the planet Uranus should have a strong field, and I gave a number, and the planet Neptune after it would have a strong field, again I gave a number. Uh, also that Mars's crust should be magnetized. Mars doesn't have a magnetic field to okay. speak of today. But hmm. I, was, I was thinking that astronauts could visit the crust and take samples and bring it back to Earth. Yeah. Uh, well, they did that with a very close orbiting satellite. Okay. And they found, uh, I'll tell you what they found. Okay. <laughs> Mercury's field should uh, decay fast. Yep. And uh, Mercury's crust should also be magnetized. All right, let's pause for a second. You're saying these are all predictions yes. that you made. Yeah, none of those were fact. Before they were fact. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's five different predictions, scientific predictions, based on 
research that you had done within science, but 100% yeah. consistent with what the Bible tells us. Yes. Okay. For several of these, the, uh, the standard theory based on billions of years, it's called the dynamo theory, okay. was predicting quite different things, like Uranus should have practically no field, and Mercury should have practically no field, and it shouldn't decay, okay. and uh, I'll get to that. Okay. So, so 1986, two years later, the planet Uranus was visited by Voyager 2 at Uranus, okay. and uh, the results agreed with what I predicted. Wow. What I should say with what the theory said. Yes. So uh, the creation theory gave a number, and this number for the strength of the field uh, <laughs> is a certain value, okay. on the order of it, because I didn't know what the core of Uranus was like, so I couldn't make a real accurate prediction. I had to make some guesses. Right. But on the order of, that means uh, give or take a factor of three. Yeah. And Voyager measured uh, that number, which was right <laughs> smack in the middle of the prediction. Okay. So, uh, the dynamo prediction, the theory uh, that demands billions of years, uh, gave 100,000 times smaller. The creation theory, based on the biblical model, predicted this. Once the, the probe finally got to the planet, it came out, I mean, nearly spot on within... Right, w right smack in the middle of the range. Okay. Now, in 1989, Several Voyager 2 was at Neptune, uh, the results agreed again with the, the field that my theory, theory predicted. Okay. Uh, so the creation theory gave a number about the same as Uranus. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, the other side, the dynamo theorists uh, said, well, since Neptune is sort of a sister planet of Uranus, then it, it too should have a strong field. So they changed their prediction. Okay. Um, or, you know, they, they borrowed from what had been measured, <laughs> let's say. Right. Uh, They're finally learning, okay. So, uh, but Voyager measured uh, right, uh, right in the middle of the range of my Extremely prediction. Extremely close, yes. So now the score is Dynamo Theory 1 and uh, Humphrey's Crazy Theory 2, okay. <laughs> All right, I like that. Uh, 2012, uh, the planet Mercury contrasted uh, the creation and Dynamo theories pretty nicely. This is the messenger space probe orbiting Mercury. Yes. Uh, now, the dynamo theory said before 1974, before any space probe had gone, that Mercury should have zero field. It rotates very slowly, and it's got a small core. Okay. And both of these, say, their theory says, ah, there shouldn't be any field. Okay. Well, Mariner went by in 1974 and then came back in 1975, and they said, oops, uh, Mercury has a field about 1% of what the Earth's field is today, but it's still significant. Hmm. So the dynamo theory had a problem yes. uh, with their prediction. Uh, now the dynamo theory before 2008 said, well, that small theory that they measured shouldn't be decaying rapidly. Ah, the, the, the field that they measured, even though it was small, it should not be rapidly decaying. No, it should, uh, it should change uh, over millions of years, not, uh, not decades. Okay. Now, the creation 1984 uh, said it should be roughly a 5% decay mm -hmm. uh, by about 2012. Yes. Uh, Messenger 2012 gave a 7.8% decay. Really? That's within the capability of the theory to explain. So. Right. So, but and so something that you had predicted long before this 2008 article mm -hmm. says well, shouldn't be any decay. Yeah. 
actually when they were able to visit, uh, the probe was able to visit in 2012. They found a very strong very decay. Close. Okay. So it's, uh, this is very uh, difficult for the dynamo theorists to understand. Mm -hmm. Now the dynamo before 2012, uh, there should have been no strong field in the past. It should have always been about as strong as we now measure it. Okay. Uh, however, the, and the creation uh, theory was saying that no, in the past, the field had to be much stronger. Uh -huh. And then the messenger found strong evidence of a strong past field. <laughs> uh, the, the crust was magnetized just like Mars was. Okay. If we could, let's talk a little bit about the aurora. What's causing us to see these beautiful colors in the sky? Well, the uh, cosmic rays from the sun and from outside the solar system hit the Earth's magnetic field. The Earth's magnetic field causes many of these to spiral around the magnetic lines of force toward the magnetic poles. Okay. And then they hit the Earth's atmosphere and start coming down in it. And as they come down in the Earth's atmosphere, uh, they, they uh, rip electrons out of atoms and the recombining electrons make these pretty lights. Amazing. To me, when I think about this absolutely amazing, incredible display, it's almost like God has placed His hands around Earth, this magnetic field, and He allows us this beautiful display of colors uh, every so often to just remind us that He is there, that He created everything. And He formed the Earth special, didn't He? I mean, we, yes. we look out into the universe and we realize that there's no place quite like home. Nope. Out of everything that we've found, even the extrasolar planets that have been discovered so far, nothing ever quite fits mm -hmm. the Earth because we have the, the correct amount of the elemental composition to breathe. We have a terrestrial planet. We have liquid water, essential to life, and it's, and it's very rare out in the universe. We have all of these features and then we have the magnetic fields. It's, um, it reminds me of this verse in Isaiah 45 that says that God created the earth to be inhabited. It all points us back to the Bible, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So I think he gave the magnetic fields as sort of his thumbprint, yes. uh, fingerprint uh, on these various planets, uh, saying, look here, this is, how I, this is how and when I created these things. Amazing. We love your research. Uh, you're such a strong model for creation and biblical truths. So thank you again for being here with us today. And we're going to have to have you back on a future program. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. You know, as we've seen, good science confirms the biblical record over and over again. And the things we see around us could have never formed by way of random chance, as evolutionists would have us believe. They were carefully designed by a loving creator in the beginning. But who was that creator? You know, the book of John tells us that it's Jesus Christ. In the beginning, He made everything just right, and then mankind sinned and messed everything up. But He had a plan for that as well. He came to earth, and on the cross, He paid that penalty for our sins. By way of His amazing grace, He's in the process of restoring things back to perfection, and He offers eternal life to those who call on Him. I'm David Reeves, and until next time, I want you to keep looking up. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. Hello, I'm David Reeves, host of the TV show Creation in the 21st Century on TBN. Each week we talk to some of the world's leading scientists, all showing how our Creator, the God of the Bible, has left a pattern of His fingerprints throughout the universe. Engage with other like-minded believers through the Creation Club, a place for biblical creationists to share and learn. 
This fast-growing website offers over a thousand articles written by authors from many different backgrounds, already encompassing six different languages. Combating the unproven theories of evolution, our 24-7 TV network reaches millions of people with biblical truth. Genesis Science Network broadcasts globally over the internet, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, mobile devices, and more. It's a new Christian alternative to the evolutionary programming so prevalent on TV today. Be sure to sign up for our email updates and like us on Facebook for weekly inspiration and education regarding science and the Bible. Talk to your pastor about sponsoring one of our live events in your church or community.